Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Julia Sullivan, author of the novel Bone Necklace. Julia, welcome to the podcast. Glad to be here. Sure. Well, if someone hasn't yet heard about your novel, Bone Necklace, how would you describe the novel? Bone Necklace is a historical fiction. It's inspired by the true story of America's last so-called Indian War, in which a small band of Native Americans holds off four converging armies while their families escape to Canada. And do you remember the original idea or impetus that led you to write Bone Necklace? I do. Um, so the story, uh, as I mentioned, involves this war uh, between the U.S. Army and a small band of Native Americans. It was a four-month running fight through uh, 1,100 miles of Idaho uh, Oregon, Montana, Wyoming. Uh, but one of the bloodiest battles occurred in um, Montana, Wisdom, Montana, in a place not far from our home here. And so about 22 or 3 years ago, I went to visit that battle site. And um, that place has just owned me ever since. It's a remarkable, uh, heartbreaking place. It's stunningly beautiful, um, but it's also a place where something really horrific occurred. And um, I just really felt a connection to that place, and I became, frankly, kind of obsessed with the story. And i been kind of obsessed by it ever since. And if someone listening isn't familiar with the Nez Perce War, and did I pronounce that correctly? Yes, you did. Um, can you give us a very brief explanation of the historical background of the war? Uh, so the war occurred in 1877. As I mentioned, it's um, considered America's last so-called Indian War. The Nez Perce were the last um, Native people in America still living in peace on their own land. Um, the, the real impetus for the war was that... Um, uh, Gold was discovered on the Nez Perce property, and uh, it was flooded with prospectors and settlers. And um, these uh, settlers created their own laws on Nez Perce land, including a law that said um, Native Americans could not testify against white people. And um, this created a situation where um, People would commit crimes against the Nez Perce with impunity. Um, robbery, rape, even murder went unpunished if there wasn't a Native American witness. And, um, uh, and even then, the juries were, of course, all white. So uh, this created incredible tension. Um, this went on for almost 25 years. Um, and in 1877, the leader of the Nez Perce presented a list of 
um, 20 white murderers that he wanted either punished or turned over to the tribe for punishment. Instead, the government ordered the Nez Perce to give up most of their land and report to a small reservation in Idaho. Um, and while the chiefs agreed, um, a young man whose father had been murdered, whose uh, father's murderer was on that list, uh, he refused to submit. Um, he went out looking for his father's murderer. Um, by the end of the night, 13 people had been killed, including a white woman. And that was really the beginning of the war. And when you were talking about the area where they lived and the discovery of gold, where was that exactly in the U.S.? It was in Idaho, um, and gold was first discovered in a place called Pierce, Idaho. Um, and uh, Idaho still has some of those historical mines that you can go tour. Um, what's what, what really captured my imagination um, about this story was um, this leader I mentioned, uh, Chief Joseph, who went to the government asking that these murderers be punished. Um, during the war, Chief Joseph became known as the Red Napoleon um, in the press uh, because of his military genius, uh, which surprised nobody so much as Joseph himself. He had never been uh, considered a fighter. He was a um, elegant, um, eloquent man who represented the tribe in negotiations with the government. He would have done anything to avoid the war that made him famous, um, but he uh, he led his people in a way that was absolutely brilliant. And while most people probably assume that a story involving the U.S. Army and a small band of Native Americans would result in the inevitable defeat of the Native Americans. That wasn't the outcome of this war. And I really liked the fact that um, this war has certainly iconic elements, um, but it also has a really surprising ending. Sure. And uh, I'm curious, uh, I know, um, I I'm curious, the, the, Native Americans who did flee to Canada, are there descendants that still live? What area of Canada did they end up going to? Yeah. Um, so and in the final battle of the war, um, the Nez Perce had been fleeing for, as I mentioned, 1,100 miles. And uh, some of them were simply too sick, exhausted, injured. To continue, mm -hmm. um, Joseph stayed with them and surrendered. Um, White Bird, a chief many people have never heard of, he didn't achieve Joseph's fame. Uh, but White Bird was um, a fighter, a warrior. He was still strong. And he led uh, 290 Nez Perce who were still able-bodied to Canada, um, including Joseph's wife and daughter. Um, Joseph stayed behind, but he sent his family with White Bird to Canada. Um, and they arrived in Saskatchewan in 
a terrible physical condition because of uh, the ordeal they had been through. And um, sort of fascinatingly, um, uh, Chief Sitting Bull, uh, who you may have heard of from the Battle of the Little Bighorn, Mm -hmm. a famous Lakota Sioux chief, Chief Sitting Bull had been given political asylum in Canada, and um, the escaping Nez Perce refugees joined Chief Sitting Bull in his camp, and Sitting Bull helped them through the winter. Um, they arrived in October um, with nothing, really, other than the clothes on their back. So Sitting Bull really helped them. They stayed with Sitting Bull that winter. They all received political asylum from the Canadian government. And then they kind of dispersed. Um, and But to, to answer your question, yes, there's still a large Nez Perce diaspora in Canada. Gotcha. So what was your writing journey that led you to writing Bone Necklace? Is this your first novel? It is my first novel. I, um, I'm a lawyer by training. I practiced law for 30 years. Um, I still practice law um, very part-time. Um, and, uh, this story, just as I mentioned, um, that visit to the big hole battlefield really captured my imagination. And I started researching this tribe, not with the idea of writing a book, but I just wanted to know more about them. So I went to the national archives. I got transcripts from, um, negotiate at grand canyon university we believe in equal opportunity and the american dream starts with purpose whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's master's or doctoral degree gcu's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration with over 330 academic programs gcu provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams the pursuit to serve others is yours find your purpose at gcu private christian affordable Visit gcu.edu. Issues between Chief Joseph and the government predating the war. Um, I got treaties. I uh, read articles. I went to the Library of Congress. I started visiting um, historical associations all over the country to collect firsthand accounts of the war. Um, as I said, it became kind of an obsession. Um, <laughs> And pretty soon I had literally bookshelves full of research material. I published a law review article about this um, dispute back in like 2004, but I really wanted to write a novel. Um, I'd never written a novel before, uh, so it took me a long time. I had to, you know, hire editors to sort of teach me, starting with developmental editors and uh, finally with um you know, line editors. And then, uh, so it, it, it's been really, it's been a long process. It's <laughs> taken me over 20 years. Um, but uh, it's been, a, I've really had a ball. It's really kind of bittersweet to be finishing up this project now because I'm going to miss working on it. Well, what what was that process like for you? I mean, to go from legal writing and a law review article to writing a novel. I mean, you said you worked with developmental editors. Can you tell us a little bit about what that process was like for you? It was very humbling. <laughs> I, um, you know, I practiced, I practiced law at a pretty high level and I, and I 
really thought I knew how to write, and I didn't appreciate how different um, technical writing is from fiction. It seems ridiculous that I didn't get that (laughs) in hindsight, but I really did not know how hard it was going to be. And um, so, you know, my first few drafts, the feedback was not what I hoped for. I, (laughs) I, um, I wrote this novel and rewrote this novel and rewrote this novel. Um, and, uh, so it was it was tough, and the and the other uh, the, the the other difficulty was that of course I'm a first time novelist, which means I don't really have a team. So um, I had to find my tribe. I had to find the right editor, the right agent, the right publisher, and I didn't uh, I didn't necessarily find the right ones on the first or second or third <laughs> try. <laughs> well, what kept you going? I mean, that, that sounds like a pretty kind of brutal process, to be honest with you. You know, I could probably write a book about how not to write a book. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, it, it's, it, it's been challenging. I, there's, there was only about a week where I was truly not enjoying <laughs> the process. <laughs> I had one really bad week. Um, but uh, you know, it's all been, I, I found that when I decided to not worry about schedules and deadlines and just, um, keep working until it felt right. Of course it took me 20 going on 22 years. So not everybody has 22 years to spend on something like this, but, um, uh, then that made it that made it doable and it kept it fun, you know. Um, I think if I had given myself a hard deadline, um, it it would have been beyond frustrating. So, are you planning to write another novel? You know, I really struggled with that, Jeff. I'm I'm 58 years old. I'm not sure I have you know 22 years <laughs> to, to write another one, but. I think I could do it much faster this time. This has been such a learning experience. And now I have a team that is fantastic. So um, I think the next one, I have a couple of different ideas. So, yeah, I think I will. Um, <laughs> I, 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 it, I think it'll be like this one where I work on it and put it away and work on it and put it away. And, and eventually I get it right. Well, well, given this experience that you had in, in writing and rewriting this novel, what, what writing advice would you offer for someone who's working on their own story or novel? Well, you know, one thing that really, really helped me um, was going to writers' conferences. Um, partly, uh, writing is such a solitary vocation. Um, that it just really felt comforting and encouraging to be able to spend a weekend with other writers and um, and realize that I'm not alone, that other people don't take 22 years, but, you know, they all struggled at some point and um, persevered. And so just that community was helpful. But 
I think even more for me were the the speakers at some of these conferences. Um, I particularly have enjoyed the Pacific Northwest uh, Writers Association conferences. Um, the speakers um, are amazing. Um, they taught me a lot about just the craft. Um, they helped me find agents and editors who um, who worked really well with me. Um, so that that was really great. And I guess the other thing I'd say is just be patient and be patient with yourself and be patient with others and, um, you know, just take whatever time it takes to get it right. Well, what novels or nonfiction books have you read recently that you enjoyed? Well, um, I'm I'm a big fan of historical fiction, as you probably guess. Um, and you know, some of my favorite authors are unfortunately not around anymore. But Larry McMurtry is one of my absolute favorites. Um, of course, the Lonesome Dove series and. Streets of Laredo, Comanche Moon. I love his characters. Um, Ivan Doig, another one of my favorite Montana authors. Um, he, uh, he, he, he has these wonderful, colorful Montana characters, um, uh, which I, I absolutely love. I think his favorite series for me was Dancing at the Rascal Fair. And interestingly... He his last novel was called um, "Last Bus to Wisdom," and Wisdom, Montana, is, is where the big old battlefield is. So he wrote a lot about of stories set in Montana. Uh, Wallace Degner, of course, sort of the dean of Western writers, his um, Western landscapes, um, his environmental uh, sensitivity. Um, Norman McLean. Um, a river runs through it is still one of my favorite books in the world ever Cormac McCarthy um but let me think something more recent you know there was a there was a book I cannot remember the author but I I recently read a book called West with Giraffes have you heard of that um vaguely it's, yeah it's um it's a book uh set uh, shortly before World War II, and it's about, um, it's also based on a true story of um, the San Diego Zoo trying to get two giraffes from Africa <laughs> to San Diego. <laughs> and it's, it's just short little, you know, like 250 pages. Is it nonfiction? Or? It's um it's fiction. Fiction. Um so they took this real journey of these two giraffes. Right. But they added, you know, some more interesting colorful characters. Right. Um uh so anyway, I I thought that was um uh, it was funny and interesting and That sounds fun. Well, yeah. Where can people find you online if they want to learn more about you and your novel Bone Necklace? www.juliasullivanauthor.com. I'm also on all the social media sites, Julia Sullivan Author. Great. Well, again, we've been speaking with Julia Sullivan, author of the novel Bone Necklace. The novel is available now, so go buy a copy. And Julia, thanks for doing this interview. Thanks, Jeff. It was Great. fun.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.